Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Band, a podcast about bands you probably don't even like. We hope you don't know this one. With your hosts, Adam Todd Brown, Andy Sell, and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Steve Earl season of Unpops Music, a.k.a. The Low Podcast, a.k.a. Pod, because he's got an album called Guy, so you could just put Pod. Oh, sure, there. yeah. Uh, a.k.a. Pods, because he's got an album called Towns. Oh, you know, sure. It goes on and on. Exit Podcast, all, all the greats. A.k.a. I'm going to shoot this podcast with a 50 cal. <laughs> I'll never AKA, get out of this pod alive. <laughs> a.k.a. You want to keep me on this podcast because you know it means I'm not at your house. We do know Steve Earl's not at our house, and that's good. I'd welcome him over. Current Steve Earl. Past Steve Earls I may not want in my home. Assuming he had never listened to this podcast, yes. I want any of the people we've talked about on these shows to come over. Well, I don't don't know if I want the silver bullet coming over. He seems like a problem. Yeah, Uh, really? Seems like a killjoy. Ooh, my Uh, back. I can't play drums for corn anymore. Buck, fucking buck up, kid. I'd rather have silver bullet than grape jelly. I'll tell you that any day of the week. I don't want to hang out with head. I don't think I want any corn in my home. (laughs) No corn zone? No. There's no no corn zone, yeah. It's a corn-free zone. (laughs) (laughs) So when we last left off, we were talking about Steve Earle's litany of marriages, and uh, we only got barely halfway through it before we had to wrap up. So now we're we're going to finish finish that thread, finish pulling at that thread for another probably ninety minutes because God, he's married so many women. I'd say he's a uh, serial pod poser. <laughs> huh? Huh? Right? Huh? Okay. Yeah. Serial pod podogam. Potomist. I what, can't. What, what just I'm happened? I'm having a stroke. Yeah, what? are you having a seizure right now? <laughs> I think he drank one of those uh, tequila with 16 shots of uh, <laughs> LSD in there. He's having a moment. He's a serial podogamist. <laughs> worth it. Yeah, yeah it was that, worth it. Was it? <laughs> I don't off. know if it was. I feel like it wasn't. I think you guys are being sarcastic. No, yeah, we are. We are. We're 100%. Yeah, totally. So... Yeah, when we left off, he was just wrapping up his third marriage to a woman named Carol Ann Hunter. Uh, they end up breaking up again because he sent $5,000 to a stranger who turned out to be the woman he apparently wrote Guitar Town about. Michaela. Michaela Lohman. Michaela. Oh, wrong. Different. But they did not get <laughs> married. Steve ends up meeting his next wife. At an industry hangout in 1984, which you might recognize as being a full year before he separated from Carol Ann Hunter. This is where we start getting a lot of these like back in time, like uh, weird paradoxes that I start to, you know, it gets really complex and I do have trouble keeping track. Well, this is uh, his next marriage. It's it's probably the most important marriage in his life because the the woman he meets next is the woman he ends up marrying twice Mm -hmm. and boy does he put her through some shit when he met her she was at a bar chatting with billy squire uh of stroke me fame and uh everybody wants you that's a fucking banger right there yeah that's a good fucking song kids this is a quote from her i saw this guy stand up there was a light behind him And I looked over and there was Steve. And I have to tell you, he was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. He came over and kind of ran Billy off. I don't think it was love at first sight, but an overwhelming attraction was definitely there. Yeah, these women. That's Luann Gill. Luann Gill. Sorry. Yeah. Another Ann. Another middle name Ann. Don't have a hyphen Ann in your name if you're going to meet Steve Earl. You're going to end up married to him. You're going to fall in love with him. He's, they all describe him as just being so, like they would die for him. It's crazy. Well, uh, Andy. He he was hot. I don't, don't get me wrong. He was an attractive, attractive man uh, at this point, but also like, I don't know. I got. But if he wasn't charismatic, he's just a crazy gun toting drug addict. Like you have to be drawn to him to have this kind of chaos in your life. Do you think when he ran Billy off, he was just like, 
Hey, nobody wants you. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. And he was like, that could be a song. Yeah. How about you put your emotions in motion and get the fuck out of here? (laughs) Also a Billy Squire song, Emotions in Motion. So I'd like to see you in motion, Billy Squire. (laughs) So Steve Earle was married still when he met Luann Gill, but on the bright side, she was too. So (laughs) there was that. But by June 1985, they fire up a relationship anyway. She, I think, was divorced by this point. Steve was not, uh, still wasn't divorced when he gets uh, Luann Gill pregnant. So in this time, he's still married to Carol Ann and doing the shit with Michaela. uh, Yes. Well, no, the Michaela Lohman stuff was very brief. That was super duper brief. Just long enough to write an entire album about her instead (laughs) of the several women you had professed your love to up to this point. Some of whom have had your children. Yes, yes. There is a song about Justin Towns Earl on there, so that balances it all out. So she gets pregnant shortly after they start dating. Steve's still technically married to Carol Ann Hunter, but uh, not after that. Once Carol Ann found out that he had impregnated another woman, for some reason she gets all in her feelings and decides they have to get divorced. They can't just be reasonable about it, you know? Yeah, it's just like an episode of Bachelor in Paradise, you know? It's like you couple up on the first day and then someone catches feelings and you're like, I don't know who else is coming in. You know, I want to keep my options open. I might get married four, five, six more times. Who knows? Ain't no ring on this. Well, okay, there's a ring on this one, but not on this other one. Listen, listen, Carol, I got a date card and I'm going to explore my options. That's what being in paradise is all about. Look, I got two hands, okay? (laughs) One hand's for you, the other hand's for this other woman, and then, uh, you know, one of my feet is for Michaela. If I was only supposed to get married one time, why do I have two ring fingers? Think about it. That is a valid point on Steve Earle's part. Not going not gonna to argue with that at all. So after Carol finds out that Luann Gill is pregnant, a very nasty divorce ensues, as you might expect. Sure. And uh, with his new girlfriend pregnant, Steve decides to do what any responsible dad would do. Uh, he started touring relentlessly and just left Luann Gill at home to be all pregnant and shit, like a total square. Jeez. She can't even party. Why are you going to bring her? Luann. Come on, cut loose, Luann. Yeah. Fetal alcohol syndrome is a myth. Live it up. <laughs> Dry land and fetal alcohol syndrome <laughs> are a myth. So uh, he starts touring like crazy. Ian Dublin Earl is the name of the, the son who was eventually born to Luann Gill in January 1987. And somehow... His arrival did nothing to improve their relationship. Come on, Ian, you had one job. Yeah, and I mean, kids always help. It always fixes a relationship if you drop a kid into the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, if they're good, if they're good kids, if they're good at being no. a kid, you know, to keep their parents' really turbulent relationship together, it's that... Well, know. Andy, why do you think your father, mother, and I have stayed together so long, Andy? Answer your father, mother, Andy. Because I'm the best kid. Andy, you're such a good boy, except when you're not. And you're often not. (laughs) Answer us. Answer. There wasn't a question. Andy, we love you for who you are, but we also hate you for who you are. Well, you know, life is complex, so it's. I would be. I. I would be disappointed if you felt any other way about me. To be honest, don't sass your mother, father. I'm sorry. If you're going to get that kind of sass, this is our podcast. And if you're going to put your audio voice under this audio roof, you're going to respect your mother, father. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to trace back all the decisions I've made in my life to try to isolate the one that led here at this point. It was probably shooting at your girlfriend in that parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. You know, just because she was making out with a biker in the back of a VW, you didn't have to go that way. Look, that, that biker, it wasn't about her. It wasn't about the making out. It was the biker. I just didn't like him, you know? It happens. I didn't like him. And, uh, it, it, uh, you know, it's on me, really. It, there wasn't any reason for me to not like him. He seemed like an okay Listen, guy. Listen, it makes me really happy for me to hear that you're finally admitting it is about you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's growth. 
So the birth of this kid doesn't help. Another thing that absolutely did not help is that by the time Ian Dublin Earl was born, Steve Earl had already met the woman he was going to marry after Luann Gill. Granted, he still hadn't married Luann Gill, but he did have a, a replacement for her lined up already. You know, you have to think about where the Steve Earl is going to be. You know, you can't play where Steve Earl is. Yeah, Dress for the Steve Earl you want. <laughs> Not for the wife you already have. I'm I'm lost. Uh, this is where I get really lost. It's it's a very confusing sequence of events. The the woman he met, Teresa Ensenat, they met during the recording sessions for his second album, Exit Zero. More like she, exit this fucking marriage already. Uh, I would like to just remind everyone he's still not married to Luann Gill. <laughs> At this point. He hasn't That's, even married the woman he's going to leave yet for this one. Correct. Uh, Teresa Ensenat, she was pretty. She was smart. She had a career of her own. She is the A&R person at Geffen Records that signed uh, Guns N' Roses. Oh, I remember this, this lady. This is where Guns yes. N' Roses comes story. Yeah, not only had he not married Luann Gill by this point, he was still technically married to Carol Ann Hunter when he met both of these two. So, <laughs> I mean, this is like emotional chess. You have so many moves planned. Yeah, it's it's like he's planning for an emergency or something. Like people <laughs> stockpiling water. Yeah, he's got he's got women as go bags. You know, he's like stocking them up for for uh, the apocalypse. Weekly World News said we're running out of women. <laughs> so I keep one by the door and one in another home somewhere, and I keep married to another. I got three all, at, you know, at, at least at one. In, at any given moment, there's three women in my life. Look, have you seen this bat boy? He threatens. He's The bat people are coming, and I want to make sure that I can propagate the human race when the bat people are in charge so that I can raise an <laughs> army to overthrow the bat people. Oh, my God. I think Steve Earle's a modern-day Noah. I have mm. so many guns. I need people to shoot them. <laughs> and to shoot them at. <laughs> so uh, they, he does finally divorce Carol Ann Hunter in July 1987 and somehow still marries Luann Gill shortly thereafter. This is a quote. I was very much in love with Teresa, but I married Lou anyway. It's like, oh, that's very sweet of you, Steve. Because <laughs> who doesn't want to enter into a union with a woman you're not in love with? Like we need, we need to get Steve Earl a copy of the Ethical Slut. We need to, <laughs> he needs to, he needs to learn about, uh, you know, the the other options available to him. I think. Yeah, there is a quote from one of his sisters in this book where she basically says Steve never figured out that you can live with someone without marrying them, <laughs> which seems very true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I guess I get it, but it's still weird. Yeah, the. There's the, he marries Luann Gill and shortly after the ceremony, he just disappears for a little while. And the place he disappeared to was a payphone so he could call Teresa Ensenat on his fucking wedding day. <laughs> and, uh, but no, at this point, he's well, got I a history. Of, you know? She said earlier, and I wanted to tell her that I thought of another thing about that. No, I, I think at this point he knows his pattern. He's like, yeah, I just got married. But, you know, just <laughs> like, wait, this week, next one. just hold on. It's just, it, it, your time's coming. You don't want to be caught flat without a spare. I think <laughs> I don't have a driver's license, so I wouldn't know. You, just you, be, you're damn lucky I don't have a driver's license. <laughs> hey, you just should I'd be lucky. Marry you. <laughs> you should be glad I'm getting married right now or I could be on my way over to your house. <laughs> to get married to you. you. <laughs> hey, remember that story about the mix-up with the Keith Richards bag that <laughs> yes. ends up getting Steve Earle arrested? That happened because he decided he wanted to, instead of traveling with the band, he wanted to spend the night with a woman. That woman was Teresa Ensenat. Oh. That was September 1987. So approximately a month after he marries Luann Gill is when the Keith Richards incident with Teresa Ensenat happens. It's, it's like he's on a full moon schedule. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. 
But it's also interesting. That it's like he's calling it the Keith Richards bag. He just has a bug out bag. He's looking to escape at any point. No, that was oh, yeah, the drug. Sure. The Keith Richards bag was the drug bag. Well, I, guess I know, but that same. That's diff. yeah. Yeah, that's that's his supply. That's his survival supplies. That's what I need <laughs> to go into the wild. I don't have toilet paper, but I got a lot of oxy. <laughs> and that'll make me not have to shit. So it all works out. So Luann eventually finds out about his relationship with Teresa and shows up unexpectedly at his hotel room in LA and finds her there. And uh, she physically attacks Teresa and Sanat. This is a quote uh, from Steve Earle. I mean, literally got a handful of her hair and beat her head against the wall and then got her down on the floor and beat her head against the floor and scratched her real bad with her fingernails. It was really a trip. He and Lou officially separated the next day. They had been married for three months and five days. Well, that's a refreshing amount of foresight on somebody's uh, part there. Um, Three months. I mean, that's not a marriage at that point. That's just a wow. I I mean, that's that's amazing. And not I don't mean that in a complimentary way. Like that is just that's a surprising amount of chaos for one person. Yeah, I mean, the amount there's just the fact that it's like this this woman is assaulting this other woman in like, I mean, this it's this is vicious. Uh, she's like really trying to hurt her and it's because not trying. She sounds like she succeeded in in hurting her quite. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. So uh, they, they get separated, but I don't want people to worry because before the divorce, they start dating again, but just long enough for (laughs) Steve to get her pregnant. Did he men in black her with a fucking memory wand? What the shit? Well, this let's start. Let's relation- start over. His relationship with Luann Gill is complicated. Again, yeah. she's the woman he ends up marrying twice. So after all this, she marries him again, which is insane. But when he got her pregnant, they decided to abort that baby, and they both, it seems like, very much regret doing yeah. that. Uh, but I, for good I measure, like they, I feel like they shouldn't regret that. I feel like they should both feel good about that. So about a month later, after that child is aborted, uh, their divorce was finalized. They still maintained an on-again, off-again relationship this entire time. This has to be just off forever. What what is... And uh, here's the thing. That relationship, violent. Uh, Luann Gill was a hitter. She hit Steve Earle a lot, and she accused him of hitting her back to the point that his 1988 ends with him being charged with assault, although those charges were eventually dropped. And uh, if you flash back to previous episodes, being charged with assault is also how his 1987 ended, because that's when he had the fight with the cop in Dallas. If it worked for you one year and you had a good year as a result, as a result, it's like a superstition. You know, you got, it's got to become a tradition. You got to do it the next year too just to make sure that your 1989 is going to be as good, if not better than your 1988, because your 1988 you know, I, was I, great I liked, because of what, <laughs> what the assault charge in 1987. It's look, it's math. It's all math. I like, I like to live the, by the motto that, you know, I want to end my year the way I want to start my next year. So I always try to get into some kind of assault charges. So also for good measure, Steve knocked up a stranger while on tour. <laughs> who eventually gave birth to his third child, a girl named Jessica Montana Baker. And uh, there's a quote from Carol Ann Hunter about this, and she just says, he's a hard dog to keep under the porch. Sounds like it. I mean, that is... uh... That is such a nice little nugget to, dis- to 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 kindly describe his behavior. So naturally, with all of this going on, it makes for the perfect time to get married again. He married Teresa Ensenat at the beginning of 1989. Hey, remember that failed intervention that his family tried to pull that one time? Yes. Teresa is the one who planned it. And I love that. I love that we're getting all these faces to the names, you know, before <laughs> to the events. These names to the events. And here's the thing: she did that to try and save their marriage. They had been married five months at this point. Let's do a quick tally of all the things that could not save a Steve Earle marriage. Uh, we have a kid twice. Sobriety. Uh, sobriety. Moving to Mexico. Uh, guns. An, an intervention. Guns. Uh, all things uh, that have been tried to save a Steve Pearl marriage, but couldn't uh, do it. Poverty and uh, money. 
both both of those didn't seem to 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 fix it. So both only ends of the jail. spectrum. Only jail. Only jail. Only jail. Yeah. If your marriage is struggling, go, go to, to prison. Jail. Yeah. It's real simple, guys. So they had been yeah, they'd been married 5 months at that point. Uh after that failed, she and Steve briefly separated. She moved to LA to try and piece her life back together, and Steve and Luann Gill start seeing each other again. I'm amazed any of these women take phone calls from him after a post relationship phone call. Here, here's the thing. Here, here's what's I Just, think he needs to be in the context as do not answer. Well, I, I think there's something that's pretty obvious that's going unsaid in all this. I bet you Steve Earl can fuck. fuck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, gotta is, be kind of that. He has to have a great dick. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, well, I think his nickname is the Dick of Earl, so I think that probably makes sense. <laughs> it should be his nickname, <laughs> my God. So he starts dating Luann Gill again, but also he and Teresa reconciled, and he moved to L.A. to be with her again. I mean, she this moved is... to L.A. to get away from him, and he's like, well, I'm... she's playing hard to get. What the fuck? <laughs> she let him move back. Look, there are people from high school who will not talk to me anymore. I wish I could be a third of as charming as Steve Earle. Look, it's a, as we're seeing, it's a blessing and a curse, Travis. <laughs> yeah, it's a double-edged sword, <laughs> that's for sure. Steve Earle is a Twilight Zone episode about what happens when you're too charismatic. <laughs> it's just it's a real monkey's paw kind it's of thing. Just yeah. time frozen with nothing but drugs and women. I finally have time, and he can just do all of it. <laughs> Nirvana connection alert. The the house that he and Teresa lived in in L.A. was a house that was once owned by Francis Farmer. <gasps> she did get her revenge. She did. She got her revenge on Steve Earle. <laughs> uh, this is when he starts shooting speed balls and begins his really rapid descent into the throes of addiction. I've heard the term speedball, but I actually don't know what that is. Is that cocaine and heroin? Cocaine that right? and heroin yeah. that you inject into yeah. your arm. It's yeah. what killed John Belushi. And uh, uh, Farley too, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very dangerous. It's a very dangerous high. Uh, but there's unsurprisingly, no... his duties as a father kind of <laughs> fell by the wayside at this point also. I would assume so. If you're if you're shooting a speedball, I don't think you're great for daycare. I, I mean, no. I feel, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is a good thing. I feel like you don't really want if when dad is doing speedballs, you don't really want him around as much. So probably being an absentee father is preferable here. When dad is doing speedballs, you don't want him around as much. <laughs> get up, it's like, get it. JT, get up and get your dad another speedball from the fridge, please. Hey, if you're going into the kitchen, will you just grab me my cooking spoon? <laughs> or any spoon, I'll cook with it. I think it might still be in the bowl that uh, Ian was eating his Lucky Charms out of. Yeah, at one point he goes to visit Ian, and the kid just straight up doesn't even recognize him. And the mom is like, dude, you haven't been here in like nine months. This kid is young and growing. He needs to see you every day. Adding to the marital difficulties with him and Teresa. another nirvana connection oh nirvana had blown up by this point and she being an a&r person had to literally just move to seattle so they could sign any seattle band that surfaced did steve earl kill kurt cobain is that my question yes yes i'm pretty sure he caught he was about to marry courtney love he catches her and Kurt Cobain in bed together, and this time he he's not drunk, so he hits when he shoots. Just kidding. He would have been totally he drunk. He was also yeah. already married to El Duce at this point. <laughs> yes. He, he was calling El Duce on the payphone regularly. And he was engaged to the train that killed El Duce. <laughs> oh my and God. he got Pat Smear pregnant on the side. <laughs> Nuts. So now he's Teresa spending all this time in Seattle. So now he's just on his own in LA and uh, he gets way, way, way into drugs. And well, Teresa had always tolerated his drug issues with one caveat that he never take to injecting drugs. And he was already doing that by the yeah, time he's already speedballing. She, she missed the kickoff on that game. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> sure <laughs> did. He's already I'm speed speedballing. <laughs> I think our, I think our so old friend, she, the Junkle, saw to that. The Junkle. I forgot about him. So eventually she comes home one day and sees him 
cooking up a speedball with a junkie friend at her kitchen table. And with that, his marriage to Teresa was essentially over. She eventually filed for divorce after an incident where she figured out what crack house Steve was holed up in, showed up, demanded that if he didn't leave with her, she was going to take his car and leave with it. And he said, go ahead and go, which at that point you got to go. Yeah, this is where you call it, right? And she did. She filed for divorce on April 28th, 1992. And after the divorce, she took a bunch of steps to try and tie up his money. So he couldn't spend it all on drugs, which marks the point in history where he starts pawning his possessions. I read an interview, uh, one of the interviews that we'll link to, where he says the only reason he didn't sell his house in Tennessee was that he couldn't figure out how to put it in a car and drive it to a pawn shop. Wow. (laughs) On the bright side, there was still one person who believed in Steve Earle as a person, his ex-wife, Luann Gill. Uh, That's, this isn't, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, I mean, she only got the three months the last time. You got to go back in and see if things get better after six or seven, you know? Yeah, I bet you we could, I bet you we could last for nine this go around. (laughs) That's that's three times as many months. (laughs) (laughs) You do the math. I'm just that much more stable in who I am now. (laughs) No, he's not. (laughs) So, yeah, they had always maintained contact, but they got back in touch for real after Steve called and asked if he could wire some money into her account so she could give it to him so he could buy drugs. This is where you really know he's good at fucking because come on. Yeah, it was the only way he could access his money. And yeah, for her to even entertain that idea. For one thing, it's very enabling. Uh, You know what kind of problems this dude has. Yeah. And you're like, sure, I'll help you kill yourself, basically. I think I've said this before, but I mean, thankfully, music was what Steve wanted to do with his life because he could have started a death cult. No problem. Yeah. Like he clearly could just manipulate people. Yeah. In another universe, we're doing a podcast on Earlstown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where they drank tequila with 16 hits of acid in it uh from a punch or bowl. you know sharon or sharon tate was killed by earl's you know the 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 earl family steve earl is a cia operation oh it might I very well that's be what we're getting at because jonestown definitely was but that's a whole other 10 episodes of the conspiracy podcast it could be mk Earltra. god damn M- it yeah mk Earltra. <laughs> Andy, say MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. This is a quote about him getting that money from Luann. I had a whole carload of African-American criminals, and I drive out to White's Creek, and I see Ian for the first time in two years. I was really upset that Lou had brought him without thinking what I might look like because I'd been on the street. Uh, yeah, I agree. She's definitely the bad guy in this situation. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, I hate that I think he's right there. Like, she definitely oh. shouldn't have brought the kid. But also, to say something like that with hindsight, is in it's just ridiculous yeah yeah that's, I'm gonna, that's the quiet part that's the part you're not supposed to say out loud <laughs> i'm gonna take zero responsibility for my actions despite the divorce he also starts seeing Teresa again yeah of course why, point, sure why not roll that dice why not again. and at one point he agreed to go to treatment if she came back to him and she agreed at first but then decided against it on account of how if he was going to get treatment it should be for himself and not for her which uh possibly the most sensible decision anyone has made on this podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's, far that's, we have a hero <laughs> she really is like she keeps she is like the intent not the intent she's the protagonist in the story for like a huge chunk of time or am yeah. i reading that wrong I feel no, like she the protagonist of this story is drugs. Yeah. No, but but she's no, that's the antagonist. She's trying to actually help. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, she did more than anyone else, at least among his wives. <laughs> well, Cynthia to, took his guns away at one point, which was smart. Yeah, but Cynthia also she contributed to a yeah. lot of Right. But she was busy sucking all the chrome off of the guns. So it <laughs> <Yeah>. was, you know. <laughs> So they were mostly done after that, but no worries because in September, 1993, Steve and Luann married for the second time. It's like a fairy tale. It really is. (laughs) It's beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, Steve's crack smoking partner, Ty was his best man at their wedding. 
I mean, look, I, you know, if you, if, if, if you're, if fishing's your thing, you bring your fishing buddy. If, if, uh, you know, baseball is your thing, you bring, you know, you bring your, your best, your first baseman. If smoking crack is your thing, you got to bring your crack smoking friend. You know, that's, that's how it is. You got to bring Ty. Yeah. I would love to see the crack smoking partner, best man Ty's toast at the second wedding to his fourth wife. <laughs> I would just like to see how that played out. Everyone raises a crack pipe. <laughs> yeah. Everybody raise your raise your pipes to the happy couple. Hey, hey the, listen to my speech. Listen to the speech I'm about to, to give. Listen to the speech. speech. It's just the lyrics to November Rain. <laughs> For the second time, Mr. and Mrs. Steve Earl. This is a quote from Steve about them getting married for a second time. I think we were both just fucked up. Her father had died. I was trying to work again. And it was a solution to my problems and her problems, we thought. It was just real dysfunction. It was incredibly sick. Yeah. 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 I I would agree. Yeah. And so shortly after their second marriage, that's when Steve really goes off the deep end and embarks upon all of the events we discussed on the third episode of this podcast, including that part where he went to jail for a while. But uh, reminder, he came out of that way better off than he went in and Steve and Luann lived happily ever after. Oh, that's oh, well, awesome. Okay. That's, that's so good. great. We're, we're podcast is over, right? That's the wow. Last. What a cool story. Love it. Happy ending. Uh, nope. Just joking. Oh, God damn it. You got me. Steve getting clean was great for him, but his wives and children were all damaged goods on account of what they'd put up with during his lost years. Well, they just shouldn't have been so damageable, you know? Exactly. His relationship with Luann was still a struggle, even after he'd gotten clean. And eventually it ended for good after he met a woman named Kelly Walker, who he did not marry, if you can believe that. Twist. Yeah, I'm going to try something different this time. I'm going to not marry her. I've only done that one other time. I'm going to give this a shot. <laughs> here, here comes a great set of dual quotes. First one from Luann Gill. All I ever did was love Steve and try to support him and give up part of myself, which I will never do again. And now a quote from Kelly Earl, Steve's sister. These women, they steal him from another woman. It's like get with the program. If it's happened once or twice or three or four times... It's going to happen again. And that does seem to be the thing these women do not get. And again, it's got to be because he can fuck. (laughs) And I think that, uh, (laughs) go with me on this. I think uh, because Kelly is his sister and not really uh, not uh, involved with him in any romantic way, she's always had the most pragmatic view of him. Like when, remember he was on the, wanted to kill himself. She was like, yeah, I kind of hope he dies. Just get it over with. No, that was Stacy. That was Stacy. Yeah. Kelly is a, another sister who's like not quite as involved oh. in the family. Well, both of the Earl sisters seem to have a pretty bleak view <laughs> of the man. Yeah. yeah. So the book Hardcore Troubadour ends with Steve Earl being newly infatuated with some woman named Sarah. And uh, he met her while he was working on death penalty protest stuff. So it seems like he's heading for a seventh marriage to a sixth woman when the book ends. And he is, but it's just not that Sarah woman. I have no clue what happened with her, but I'm sure it wasn't great. Oh, come on. It ha- what, what would lead you to believe that? I um, will. I'll applaud Steve for like not jumping back into a sixth and seventh or to a seventh and eighth marriage. He's, he had two chances to get married again and he didn't do it. Yeah, he showed he showed uh, some <laughs> he showed restraint over his impulses for <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah, for for once, literally. <laughs> uh, what we do know is that on August eleventh, two thousand five, Steve Earle married singer songwriter Allison Moorer. the The two met when she signed on as the opening act on the Revolution Starts Now tour in two thousand four. This is a quote: "Our courtship in the time before we got married was pretty romantic." We fell in love on the European leg of the tour, and when we returned to the U.S., we had decided to get married. That's Allison Moore. Uh, She continues, we got married on a Thursday because it was festival season and there wasn't a Saturday we had free. Typical musicians had to get married on a Thursday night. It was lovely, and we were happy. You can hear all about it on Steve Earle's 2007 album, Washington Square Serenade. Anyone listen to that album? I did listen to that album. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's a very interesting album in that the 
I believe the only instrument on that album is Steve Earle playing acoustic guitar, and then everything else is break beats that were produced by the Dust Brothers. But yeah, you can barely tell. No, there's definitely a couple of times where whatever they're sampling is acoustic drums, but you can tell it's a programmed beat. But um, yeah. Uh, it's an interesting record. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, I I thought it was. I think it's a great record. Red Red is the color. Yeah, that song, that song is it's cosmic horror. Like it's like if Lovecraft wrote a fucking blues song. It's I love that, it. That's one of my favorite songs on that album because yeah. I just like such a weird song. Yeah. Steve's hammer is the is the is the like. Yeah, that's the that's the club banger that you're singing along to. Yeah. Well, and the yeah, four Pete yeah. in there is definitely Pete Seeger, right? Like, or is that oh, yeah, another sure. guy named Pete? I thought it was Pete Dust. He was like, uh, <laughs> he was like, uh, I got to do this one for the Dust Brothers. Pete really liked it. Pete Rose, actually. Pete <laughs> Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Pete bet him he wouldn't record it. And he was like, I'm yeah. going to do it. I'm going to prove him wrong. Pete, Pete, Pete Campbell. from Fallout Boy. Pete, Pete Campbell. Steve, <laughs> Steve's a big Madman fan. Yeah, it's. It's a really good album. It's primarily about his move from Nashville to New York City, which happened shortly before that album was recorded. Uh, This is a a quote in uh, Steve Earle in 2010. I think I finally am where I'm supposed to be. I think I'll stick here. I think I'll probably die here, but I won't promise that. There's other cities, but New York's pretty fucking hard to beat. So like, okay, if he's, is he still there? He's still in New York? Yes. So he's been there for 11 years, which I have to imagine is the longest he's been anywhere because so much of his story is him jumping around between places. He's been there longer than 11 years. Yeah, he moved there in 07. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah 07. Sorry. I saw that it was the 2010 quote. But yes. Yeah, so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has to, that has to have been the longest he's stayed anywhere because he's, you know, jumping around between Nashville and San Antonio and uh, I don't know, somewhere else in Texas and Austin, I think at one point. Uh, fucking. Um, LA just all over the place. It seems like, but in that same interview, he said a truly horrifying thing in regards to addiction. Here goes. It's funny when I do read fiction, it's like I spend a lot of that energy rereading Harry Potter books. That's what I do. Instead of take dope, I reread Harry Potter. I'm still in mourning because the books are over. I love them. I'm a Harry Potter freak. That bothers me more than him doing. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder how he feels about that now, you know, just uh, considering uh, JK's uh, whole deal. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I think we should go to the wizarding world with uh, with Steve Earle. I think we should take Steve Earle to the wizarding wizarding world. Oh, yeah. It's right there in Burbank. I bet he would love it. I guarantee he's been Universal City. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Of course he's been. Yeah. He had to have been. But let's. Has anybody ever tried to see, like, you know, what the effectivity rate is? Effectivity. I can't talk today. Like, it, have we tried Harry Potter books instead of methadone? Well, they are long. They did, you know, it has the same kind of thing as, as methadone, where it's like it spikes and plateaus for a really long time. <laughs> so there are two songs that deal with Alison Moore on Washington Square Serenade. Sparkle and Shine is a song he wrote about her. And uh, Days Aren't Long Enough is a duet that the two co-wrote. I saw him on both of these tours, the Revolution Starts Now tour and the Washington Square Serenade tour. And Alison Moorer was with him both times. And it was fucking great. They were such great shows. Those two were really good performing well, that, together. That duet is amazing. And also, I think yeah. he should have recalled that record, the the uh, relationship starts now because that's clearly when everything started with them. But uh, no, I, I loved the the song about her. I liked, but the song where he sings with her, you're like, yeah, I like that you guys are a couple. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, even the song right after Sparkle and Shine, though, is like a song about relationship trouble because like Sparkle and Shine is like all like, you know, everybody knows she's fine. My girl's Sparkle and Shine. Like, it's great. It's a great. It's just like uh, really. Uh, I love her. I love her. I love her. She's fantastic. She's amazing. She's my everything. And then the next song is like, well, I fucking hate her or whatever. And it's just <laughs> like, well, OK, I guess I guess hot and cold. This guy hot and cold. Oh, yeah, it's the same way he felt about long enough is incredible. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he, when he was dating John Walker Lint and he wrote that song about him, that was, <laughs> you know, intense breakup too. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't marry that guy. <laughs> Seemed like they were headed for he it. He wouldn't convert. He just. He, <laughs> Which one? John Walker Lint. <laughs> John Walker Lint wouldn't convert to the music industry. <laughs> so the good news here is that his marriage to Alison Moore lasted longer than any of his previous attempts, way, way longer. There were eight 
what seemed like happy years. Ten years total, if you count how long it took them to get divorced, which uh, it was a long, drawn-out divorce. That's weird because it seems like every other one of his divorces were pretty quick. Yeah, he he seemed like he was pretty good at it by that point. I don't yeah. know why this one went so slow. Well, my guess would be this is the first person he actually built a life with. I bet pulling it apart was messy. Well, and there's a quote coming yeah. up, but she left him is the other thing. Like yes. she left him. Yeah. And I feel like knowing what we know about him, sober or not, like, I feel like he's not, he's going to be one of those shitty, like I well, forgot to sign the papers. You know, like he's going to, he's going to drag his feet probably if he doesn't want her to leave. Yeah. The, so by 2011, he was still giving interviews about being happily married and attributed that in large part to the fact that this was the first marriage he was sober for, which that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's uh, like the problem. You, we look at the last time he was sober when somebody, when his relationship was going wrong, he fucking like didn't shoot them. He just went home for Christmas. It's like this. <laughs> you do a whole yeah. marriage that way. And wow, look at the benefits. Right. But that's also a good point that like you can't get sober during a marriage if you got involved with someone you did drugs with. Like, yeah. you kind of have to be sober going into the marriage. Yeah. So the problem with this marriage is that they had a kid. Which, that sounds like a harsh way to put it, but it is actually what he says started their decline because at the age of 23 months, their son, John Henry Earl, was diagnosed with autism. And Steve says that was, quote, the straw that broke the camel's back. The reason being, Steve felt that John Henry would get the best schooling and care if they stayed in New York. But Allison Moore wanted to leave New York and felt that Steve was trying to control her life by using her son as an excuse to keep her there. But uh, as of 2013, he, he released an album called The Low Highway, and she's credited all over that, so it seemed like they were still doing fine. Uh, but his next album, 2015, Terraplane, it is a straight-up blues rock divorce album, and yeah. it's also very good. Yeah. He, uh, there's, there's a song on the album called Better Off Alone. <laughs> And uh, he said this to Billboard when asked if being better off alone is a thing he thinks about a lot. It goes through my head when it goes through my head, but I'd rather think about baseball and pussy. Together or separately? I, I don't, I just, I'm not comfortable with a guy in his 60s talking like that. I mean, he's Steve Earle, though. Yeah. He, you want him to stop living just because he's 60? No, I guess not. Uh, also... Uh, he actually released two albums that reference his divorce. Uh, I just forgot to tell you both to listen to the other one. Uh, the other one is uh, So You Want to Be an Outlaw, which came out in 2017. Marks has returned to actual country music. And uh, once again, very I got, good. I got to say, I did start listening to this one. And it so far, yeah. it might be my favorite Steve Earle album. It's very, very it's, good. I yeah. I, so far, I fucking love it. It's it's really good. It's like, and I I liked a lot of his, you know, the blues rock and, and folk stuff he's been doing. Uh, but this, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's this the straight country to it. Just really, I really like it. Yeah, he like he's never really stopped putting out great albums. Like, if you were if you were to ask me what his worst album is, I don't know if I could even tell you. And they also go in like stages, I guess, or, or there's a progression to him. Like he definitely has a, a, a sandbox he plays in, but he he's fine with also like setting the truck on fire and seeing what happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Or banging a, yeah, banging I like a, that. Banging a tire iron against the rail. <laughs> exactly. Just to get that sound. Tire iron. He borrowed from Diamond Rio. What? <laughs> so, I mean, he didn't have a license. Why was he going to have a tire iron? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I. I, I don't have a tire iron at all. Yeah, I don't think I do either. God, we're all such irresponsible car God owners. God damn it. What are we doing? I, I so, have a tire iron. I just didn't want to say anything. Whoa. Whoa no big shot I Andy this here. This is why I didn't say it. This is why I didn't say it. Look at my I, tire iron, governor. Guess what, like everybody? Live with myself if I wasn't honest with you guys about Whoa. my tire iron ownership, but I also didn't want to drive a wedge into this friendship and I feel like now it's the worst of both worlds. Well, I moved to Minnesota and I have a tire iron now, but you know, I don't really like to talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a spot on end. Well, Thank you. Man. Well, I feel like I felt like I was looking in a mirror. We gotta <laughs> We gotta separate our we're we're too we're too overlapping. Yeah. 
We got to get a divorce, Travis. You and me. I don't feel like it's working. All right. Don't worry though. Wherever wherever you go after, I'm gonna I'm gonna move back in with you. Okay. Well, you know, we've been intertwined for several years now. It might take a few years for us to fully Mm -hmm. decouple. Yeah. (laughs) So around the time this album came out, the So You Want to Be an Outlaw album, he did a barn burner of an interview with The Guardian which is a UK publication. For example, when asked if the songs on So You Want to Be an Outlaw are about Alison Moore, he said, some are, some aren't. They all draw on that relationship. This isn't the first time I've gotten dumped and I've left people too, which has its own set of lows and guilts. This record is more about coming to terms with loss. Uh, So that's not that crazy of a quote. That's pretty pretty middle of the road yeah but it also Uh, i think provides that insight in that like this is why it took so long because he didn't want the divorce this time yeah and when asked if he's planning to get married again another quote erm no (laughs) i dodged a bullet recently there are women but i like sitting where i want to in the movies and when you go to the theater at the last minute you can get a really good seat if you're looking for a single if i go to a baseball game i can stay for the whole thing being single in new york city doesn't suck I'm lonely sometimes, but I'm on the road half the time, and that's pretty lonely anyway. I, I gotta say, this was this was my outlook for a, for a while when I was not you know in relationships for a while, I, and I love all of this reasoning, especially the movie and baseball game thing, where it's like, yeah, I like to have my own schedule and nobody fucks with it. But he said I dodged a bullet recently, and knowing him, I want to know if that's metaphor or not. Like yeah. or if it's an actual <laughs> was, bullet. Yeah. Was was he almost going to get married again or did somebody shoot at him again? Maybe uh, it's both. Maybe the woman he was about to marry shot at him. I don't know. I mean, this quote really gets me thinking, should I get divorced and move to New York? Yeah, and yeah. Then you can go to baseball Clearly. games. I don't really do that, but I mean, I don't know. Am I doing it wrong? Philip, I, uh, Travis, I'm sorry. <laughs> I called you my other podcast co-host. Name. Wow. <laughs> look, Someone I, is the Steve hey, Earl of this podcast yeah, all look, of a sudden. I, ho- I host a lot of podcasts. I can't keep track of all the co-hosts. Uh, the timelines get messy. Sometimes I'm with a podcast. Sometimes I'm I'm not, and I'm and I'm with a different podcast. And then sometimes when I have that podcast going, I'm thinking about another podcast, and I'm making a phone call. I'm taking a break from a podcast to go and make a phone call to another podcast. I'm so sorry, Travis. Yes, sir. The Mets have Javi Baez right now, so you want to get into baseball. Okay. Why would you bring this up? Why would you do that? Why would you bring up the uh, Javi Baez thing? I'm so sorry. Here's the thing about that quote. He could just marry someone who doesn't suck. Like, I, (laughs) I, I cannot picture a scenario in which my wife would be like all right this baseball game is thrilling let's get the fuck out of here you just hang out the way I- my marriage works is that if brandy was like i want to go to a, this would never happen but she's like i want to go to a baseball game and i don't i go go to the baseball game stay as long as you want like I, I don't yeah, I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do for fun. And it doesn't have to involve me all the time. Yeah. Well, and the stakes yeah. don't have to be that high. Like not everything you do in a relationship with someone else, if it, you know, it doesn't affect the integrity of the relationship has to be a big deal. Like, yeah, I it's this, I'm in a partnership right now where like we, we do have some separate interests, but it's not like she's asking me to give anything up for, you know, it's, I, I'm, just, I'm not, it's weird that you refer well. to, it's weird that you just referred to me and Travis as her. Yeah, it's strange. But, I don't get it. But yeah, unless you have another partnership. Do you have another right. one? Weird. By and, I'm, far. and I'm just finding out about this is how you tell us. Andy. Well, now <laughs> it's gonna, this podcast is going to beat my other podcast head into a wall. In a We're going to have to go and shoot. You have to shoot at your other podcast, but probably just hit a Toyota to sale. <laughs> so by far the best quote in this interview is this one when he was asked about whether his son's autism played into his split with Allison Moore. I think it was the straw that broke the camel's back, but I think she was going to leave me anyway. She traded me in for a younger, skinnier, less talented singer songwriter for the record. He's talking about a guy named Hayes Carl and he's being a little harsh. Hayes Carl is pretty good, but he's also correct that he is not Steve Earl. That's well, for sure. I mean, you also don't get to play the like, she traded me in for a younger, like, okay, there's a 17 year age difference between Steve Earl and Allison Moore. 17 years. 
That's not insane, but it's also not insignificant. So you can't play the like, oh, she went for a younger. It's not like when a, you know, when a rich asshole dude like leaves one trophy wife for another trophy wife. It's not like that. She's maybe dating someone who's fucking age appropriate for her now. Yeah. And Hayes Carl has some good albums. He's got an album called K-Mag Yo-Yo that I like a whole lot. Hey, thanks for asking. That means kiss my ass, guys. You're on your own. It's a military acronym. Oh, I was that's the name of the I thought you were just gonna leave the Zoom now. <laughs> no. Well, yes, I am. <laughs> uh I found a neat little article about uh Mr. Carl responding to that quote. Cause uh Steve Earl and Carl ended up being on the same like Willie's barbecue Fourth of July <laughs> it's, show. It's literally it's, in the notes. Oh, it's, it's right it? oh, in the notes, Travis. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> never mind. The fuck do I know? Yeah, Hayes Carl responded. They were they were both booked on Willie Nelson's Fourth of July picnic in 2017, and uh, Hayes Carl played an unreleased song that uh, he didn't even say the the title of. But uh, there's a line where he says, "I think she left you because you wouldn't shut your mouth," and that's probably accurate. Yeah, I can see that being the case. And the thing about him saying the kid is the reason the marriage ended shouldn't be taken as him like being showing resentment toward the kid. He's very much into the kid. Uh, He said this in that same interview about John Henry. I know why I get up in the morning now to figure out a way to make sure he's going to be all right when I'm gone. That's my job. That's what I do, which that's cool. Yeah, that is. What a different guy. Yeah, he did have a little more shade to throw. In this interview, though, uh, as it turns out, Steve Earle is a huge soccer fan, which that's gross. Uh, <laughs> when the interview mentioned that or when the interviewer mentioned that he supports Manchester City, Steve, who is a devout Arsenal fan, said this. I dislike Man City because it's Oasis's club. Noel Gallagher is the most overrated songwriter <laughs> in the whole history of pop music. They were perfect for the Brit press because they behaved badly and got all the attention. Blur were really great. That guy Damon Albarn is a real fucking songwriter. Rude. I mean, this is also, he should have said, I dislike Bad City because they let go of Jamie Tart. So Jamie you had to go back to Richard. Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart. So there's one last quote I want to talk about from this interview. They asked Steve Earle about modern country music. And he said, the best stuff coming out of Nashville is all by women, except for Chris Stapleton. He's great. The guys just want to sing about getting fucked up. They're just doing hip hop for people who are afraid of black people. I like the new Kendrick Lamar record, so I'll just listen to that. That's pretty (laughs) accurate. If you've listened to modern country music, it is pretty much that. Yeah. And it's not good. But anyway, that's that's an episode. Steve Earle uh, and Allison Moore eventually got divorced in, uh, I think, 2015, it finally went through. And uh, Steve Earle has been unmarried ever since, if you can believe it. Do we believe he's never going to get married again? I believe I'd prefer he never got married again. <laughs> Definitely. I, I personally, I'm, ho- I'm holding out. I'm holding out for him and, and Luann to try it again. Number three, third yeah, time. Let's go for a third. I mean, God, you know, it, it, it would really round out the, the uh, franchise we're building around his love life. You know, yep. I think he's yeah, going to get married again because either he's going to think he's changed or somebody is going to fall into that role again of like, but I can change him and it's going to just go up in flames again. I mean, it seems he has changed yeah, to some degree. Like I mean, he did point out in this interview that he has actually been sober for longer than he was fucked up on drugs. True, but he did point. an entire lifetime of drugs in the time he was fucked up. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. He was on it's, an accelerated course. He's like Tom Waits. There's that one <laughs> half of his career where he's one thing and then the other half where he's another thing, which uh, in this case is just a person who doesn't uh, hoover all the cocaine in the room. Hoover. Hoover. So, yeah, the, that's that's Steve Earle's wives. It only took us slightly more than two hours to get through uh, listing them all and uh on the next episode which will be the final episode of the season what we're talking about the men in steve earl's life uh specifically towns van zant guy clark and justin towns earl who uh he has 
recorded entire albums for each of those people where he covers their songs. Uh, one's called Towns. That one's about Guy Clark. Uh, there's one called Guy, which is about Justin Towns Earl. And then there's JT, which is about Towns Van Zandt. Yeah, I think, that I, think I got Travis that right. Clark, yeah, that was about yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. It's uh, it's it's a uh, it's a bit of a puzzle. It's kind of like an escape room. You got to solve it to really get. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're all very good albums. I would encourage people to go listen to them before we record oh, yeah, again. Great. Towns, especially that album, fucking rules. He's got uh, one of the songs he covers is called Lungs, and oh. his version has Tom Morello playing guitar on it, Ooh. and man, it fucking rips. It's so good. Yeah. And apparently if I had uh, acted earlier when back when the album came out, he did a deluxe version where there was a second disc of him just playing the songs straight as Towns Van Zant played them. Is that also the one or is it the Guy Clark one? I can't remember. One of them he went back and recorded. I think it's the Guy Clark one actually where he recorded two more songs because he wanted he was like, oh, I have two more I want to put on the album, but the album's out. So, and he just released it as like a, a seven inch for record oh, store yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. But yeah, I think that was, I think that was guy. I think that was the guy, the Clark guy album. There's yeah. a really, he's, he did some really good interviews too around those, around the guy Clark record specifically and the towns one actually. I, yeah. So yeah, we're talking about that on the next episode and then we got to figure out who we're talking about next i have some ideas we do have some we do have some ideas i'm no longer going to pick uh ideas because anytime i pick a band something terrible comes out oh, about them later that's right both of yeah. you i forgot yeah. that the first one that got canceled <laughs> was your pick too yeah i keep picking ones it's like this will be fun oh they're a monster Okay, never mind. Yeah. Wow. In case you're wondering where that Marilyn Manson season went. Never gonna get it. Never nah. gonna get it. Never gonna get it. Never gonna. Because he is a piece of shit. Turns out. Turns Steve out. Steve Earl's pretty great, though, yeah. when it comes to women. Uh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. No question. I don't know how anyone could think otherwise. Yeah. So, so yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll be the, the final episode of the Steve Earl season. It's been fun so far. It's been great. A, yeah. yeah. It, I like. He's an interesting guy. I like um, all the other ones we've done or been bands I have been more for maybe not always a fan, but more familiar with their catalog. This has been fun to kind of like expand my horizons a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been, this has mostly been like uh, me discovering this for the, you know, a lot of this music for the first time. I, you know, even in the Oasis who I, you know, wasn't really like a huge fan of, but was, you know, I was way more familiar with them than Steve Earl. And it's been, this has been nice. Yeah. It's been, I, I love it. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot of albums. Uh, and, uh, I would encourage people to go listen to, they're all pretty good. Yeah. I mean, pretty good to great. I haven't listened to one that I was like, no, I've listened to ones. I was like, oh, I get where he's going with this one. I like this, what this style more or whatever, because yeah. of what mood I was in. Not counting that live record for me. Well, the live <laughs> record is a tough one, yeah, but yeah. even that one I didn't hate. Yeah. 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 I, I, I wouldn't be able to name my least favorite Steve Earle album. Yeah. I, I actually think it might be train a coming. And that's, that album's fucking amazing, but it's the one I listen to the least also, maybe the hard way. I don't listen to that much, but yeah, he's great. Uh, as a musician, as a musician, uh, questionable as a person, Yeah, Yeah, not so much at other things. Is that just the case with everyone? Are we just, do do we just kind of know more about people than we used to? And that's what's happening. I think that's a little bit of it. Like that's some of it, but also, uh, and I agree, but I also, ML the I don't always want to know how the sausage is made because I know if I find out I'm just gonna be fucking bummed. Yeah. Kurt Cobain gets all this credit for being a feminist no. and he was a fucking monster to women. That like he was so bad. When we did Heart Shape Pod, that was the first time that I was like, Oh, why did I like this guy? Like I felt weird after we went on that deep dive. Like I felt different about him. Yeah. Yeah. The only person I can think of that I like a whole lot who I've never heard anything negative about in that way is Tom Waits. Oh. Tom Waits has been around since the early seventies. But he's just kind of all like he dated around when he was uh, in the early part of his career. But he's just been married to the same woman since like 1982. And they like collaborate on music. And 
he seems like there's not. I'm sure someone will will tell me something terrible that he did, but also I feel like no, there there won't be. Yeah. Maybe he's a vampire and he just eats people. I mean, he was in Dracula. Yeah. He was. So there's that. There's that. So anyway, I think that's our episode. Sounds good. This was good. This was fun. Do we uh do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? <sighs> look good for the boys is back. Woo! That's all I have okay. to say. Yeah, look looking for the boys is back. We were on a brief hiatus. Now we're back. Uh, I I assume by the time this comes out, it, we will be back at the very least. If we're if we're not back with our regular season, we are back with our collaboration episodes with Bunk Two Thirty Seven. Or uh, you know, check out Bunk Two Thirty Seven as well. Uh. Travis, do you have anything to plug? Not that I can talk about, but if you really want to follow me on social media, I'm at Track Rivals. And if I ever have any things that I can talk about, which I will eventually, I'll probably post it there. Travis is pregnant. It's it's too soon. I don't know if it's going to last. All right. We should we should wrap this up before Andy's computer catches on fire. Or yeah. Whatever's happening. <laughs> what is happening over, over there. there? All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye. Andy, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.